0: back to another episode of coast to coast college hockey podcast we are at episode seven this is your co-host carolyn mooney and my other co-host
1: jenna Vansickle.
0: honestly didn't think we make it this far but we made it this far so let's get right into it
1: we have every time i'm like hey like when are we gonna record i'm like wow we have a podcast
0: we really do we've got this nice like schedule going it's great
1: <laughs> we're so skilled we're so skilled we know how to transition we never have any dead noise yeah we are professionals
0: and with that let's move on to a professional
1: hockey pole see that would have been smooth but this is not professional I hockey know. it's a college hockey okay well, well
0: it's a pole
1: but it's like i don't know the, the pole is professional yeah, the hockey like is not that's what i meant All right, I, you know, good one then. I just misinterpreted. All right. So, like most episodes, we're going to talk about the USCHO D1 polls. There are other polls out there, um, but this one seems to be the go to one for college hockey. So, this week we've had a little bit of shifting in the men's poll. We'll talk about that first. so this poll came out February 1st, so at the time of recording, it's a day old, so still pretty accurate. I don't think anyone has played, played on Monday, but first overall, no surprise, BC, they pretty much, they didn't sweep the votes, but they had 28 first-place votes. They're 9-2-1 on the season, and last poll they were first, this poll they're first. They're maintaining that position the only thing really threatening them right now would be Minnesota, who last poll was in fourth and is now back in second. So they had that little blip at the beginning of spring semester wow. and have now basically fully recovered. It seems they're back back on their just, I don't even, crusade? No. What are they, what, what do you think? What? Do, what should we call this? They're... They're they're grooving. Minnesota is grooving again. (laughs) Following that, we have North Dakota in third place going down from second last poll, then followed by St. Cloud, Minnesota Duluth. Sixth sixth on the poll, we have Minnesota State. Uh, Minnesota State was previously third, so a bit of a drop for them. They're nine, two, and one on the season which is the same record as BC, but with these polls, you have to take into account who they play. It's a bit complicated. Um, Following Michigan State, we have, excuse me, following Minnesota State, we have Michigan, and Bowling Green, Omaha, and Massachusetts. Is that hockey, it's a hockey sandwich on the pool, right? That's, I mean, that's all you can ask for. It's a hockey sandwich.
0: Yeah, definitely one of the best sandwiches you
1: could ever have. <laughs> okay, if hockey, if there was actually a hockey sandwich, what would be on it?
0: Oh, dear.
1: <laughs> Just off the top of your head.
0: I, I don't know. I don't really eat sandwiches. You don't eat... Excuse me? <laughs> I honestly cannot remember the last time I
1: had a sandwich. Okay, they're so versatile. How do you... Sandwiches, paninis... Open face sandwiches. Do, do quesadillas count? No, unless you're going by one of those really weird rules where they decide that, like, raviolis are. I don't. But if a hot dog is a sandwich, oh. then so is a quesadilla. I don't. I just don't know. And so okay. A I'm a little disappointed in your sandwich take, but I would like. I'm gonna think about this. I'm gonna make up, one day I'm gonna make up a sandwich. I don't know, maybe for each team, maybe for each conference. This will be a passion project of mine. (laughs) I'm a little disappointed you couldn't contribute to this one. Um, Next time I see you, I'm gonna make you eat a sandwich.
0: Well, that's gonna be hard because I'm a very picky eater. So if you like a challenge, then...
1: Yes, we'll get you to like a sandwich.
0: All right. I think the last sandwich I had was, like, a fluff and butter. A what? You know what that is? <laughs> no. It's a peanut butter and fluff sandwich. Like marshmallow fluff? Yes, marshmallow fluff. Like fluff. Okay. I, I know
1: it's a New one thing, but... I'm not against it. I mean, I'm certainly... I like peanut butter and Nutella together, so... I'm open to it. I'm open to it. But... I think we'll have to put a pin in the sandwich talk for now.
0: Yeah, let's move on to the more important stuff. Um,
1: (laughs) So (laughs) anti-sandwich.
0: This week's women's hockey poll, let's dive right into it. A little bit of some shakeup, not much as compared to the men's, but this week we have Wisconsin at first. In first place, they've got 15 first place votes. They are the only team, apparently, on this list to have gotten first place points. Votes, sorry, not points. Um, one, two are the same, so Wisconsin and Minnesota. Um, three and four is where you shake it up. Um, Northeastern is third this week. They were fourth last week. And Ohio State is fourth this week. They were third last week. Colgate remains at number five, and so does Minnesota Duluth at number six, and Boston College at number seven, Penn State number eight. Wow, I didn't realize it was, all right. Uh, and the last two teams, Providence and Clarkson. So Clarkson has moved up to ninth place and Providence has dropped to 10th place. It's a, unfortunately not another Hockey East sandwich, but
1: that's okay. No, Providence is Hockey East though. So we've got- In the uh, unlikely event that Northeastern jumps to first, we can have more sandwiches. It's great. I'll be on the lookout for conference sandwiches now when we do the, the polls. It's enough, perfect. I also wonder, I at what point in our careers as college hockey experts, do we get to vote in the polls?
0: That is a very good question. Because um, I think we're ready. Oh, most definitely
1: yeah i'm looking where's the application i don't know if it's it's like the academy that's like a secretive society that we have to like do some some rituals or something to get in but i'm willing to learn i just is there a sign up sheet if you're out there let me know
0: no seriously i'm actually quite interested in how do you get to vote like who are the people that vote we should find these people and talk to them That'd
1: be a great interview. It definitely would. I really see in my head. I know it's probably college hockey reporters or coaches or something along those lines. People like who make sense to vote. But I really, I just hope that it is some sort of secret society. I have high expectations for this.
0: What would the name be?
1: The, uh, I don't know. Going to be like something very obvious. See, okay. My my thought is hockey nicknames are notoriously bad and uncreative, so I'm thinking that this would have something along those lines, like the college hockey pollsters. <laughs> yes, it would just be that straightforward, with an er or a y thrown on the end. The
0: Polsties.
1: That that was just an example because every every hockey nickname is like Stalzy or... Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. I just can't imagine that a hockey secret society would be that creative. But prove me wrong. All right. Wow. Okay. Two tangents we've had today, sandwiches and secret societies, which honestly... Kind of sounds like a cool band name, like a really underground, another tangent. Okay. <laughs> you want to start a band?
0: I do think it's time for us.
1: You want to start a band? <laughs> Let's start <at> one. Perfect.
0: <laughs> we'll get us the musically talented college
1: hockey players to start a band. Perfect. Perfect. I can see it now. It's awful. <laughs> but as I was trying to say, I do think it's time for us to get into... Some of the actual news of the episode as important as sandwiches and secret societies are I cannot stress that enough, we do have unfortunately college hockey to talk about. Um, The first thing we have today to talk about after the polls is the big 10 announced recently that Notre Dame will be hosting the entire big 10 tournament, so this is a bit of a switch to their normal format with a more spread out tournament. And obviously this is because of COVID and safety protocols. They announced the tournament will be taking place March 18th through the 20th at Compton Family Ice Arena in Notre Dame. And there'll be six games total. The conference said that Notre Dame was selected because of its centralized location and easier access to amenities like practice rinks and hotels. Um, And they chose Notre Dame over it sounds like Minnesota and Penn State who are also interested. But I agree, Notre Dame is a more central location. And if they have those amenities, obviously, I'm not familiar with the Notre Dame facilities. But it sounds like a good choice. Nothing too crazy there. I'll definitely try and watch some of the tournament if I can. But I hope all goes well with that and they don't have any issues. With exposure contact tracing, which seems to be rampant in college hockey right now,
0: more so than you'd think, actually. Yeah. And I say that because of I've talked to some people at Penn State um, about their whole situation with COVID and how they've covered up
1: cases and everything. So yeah, it's... not going
0: to name any names.
1: Yeah, it seems, it seems like throughout hockey, there has been a bit of, I would like to see a, a bit more transparency across hockey, not just college hockey or college sports, but um, looking at the NHL and the NWHL and how they've been handling things recently, it's frustrating as a journalist and a fan to not exactly know what's going on, but obviously there's not, nothing, not much we can do about it.
0: Yeah, the only thing I know about Notre, okay, I always get it confused with Notre Dame, and I know it's not that. It's Notre Dame. Yes,
1: it is named after Notre Dame. You just have to imagine you're saying it in like an accent, like Notre Dame. Like you're some, you know. No, but like I I know version of how adults say Chipotle. Yes. Like. Notre Dame is to Notre Dame as Chipotle is to Chipotle okay
0: (laughs) well like see like I know how to say it I've been saying it my like entire life Mm -hmm. but it's my brain that's saying say Notre Dame say Notre Dame and I'm just like no it's not Notre Dame but anyways the only connection that I have to Notre Dame is that Anders Bjork went there and then when the Bruins played Chicago and then went to Classic in
1: 2019, 18, one of those years. I don't know. You're sounding like a fake fan right now. Oh,
0: no. Um, I just <laughs> know I was in Quebec when it happened, but they played at Notre Dame and Honours Brooke didn't play. And then I was just like. That's.
1: Didn't they play outdoors as well?
0: Yes, it was outdoors.
1: Yeah, that that would have been such a cool game to play in, especially if that's your alma mater. Mm -hmm. That's unfortunate.
0: Well, speaking of like home campuses and colleges, (laughs) (laughs) um, Boston University was on pause last week due to uh, rise in COVID nineteen cases. You know, return of camp of students to campus for spring semester. You know, like at this time, there hasn't been a new outbreak among the hockey program in particular. Although, do we really know that? We don't know. Um, But all games uh, were postponed for that week. However, they're back. BU is back and it is rivalry rivalry week. (laughs) Um, As BU, both teams, men's and women's, are playing against Boston College this upcoming weekend in a home and home series for both teams.
1: Yes, and that series was supposed to happen last weekend and I was very excited for it, Um, but now works too, I suppose. (laughs) They did, however, schedule on Saturday, the men's and women's game at the same exact time, which as a BU hockey fanatic is just horrible. It is disgraceful. It's, I truly, I, oh, I can't with that. I also, they keep throwing in these three or 3.30 starts on Fridays, which sounds great and all, but as a student who tries to work these games, it's really unfortunate.
0: Yes, go ahead and tell your story about you can't had to pr- talk to your
1: professor. Oh, yes, I, <laughs> today, because the Hockey e schedule comes out on Tuesdays, and it's a very anticipated event in my week. <laughs> um, and I found out that there was going to be a start on at 3.30 on Friday, and I have a once-a-week class on Friday from 2.30 to 5.15, and I already knew that this weekend I wouldn't be able to work Saturday or Sunday. So I emailed my professor, which I, I've had one class with him, shout out to him. <laughs> and I was just like, can I, can I please work the hockey game, please? So fingers crossed, good vibes, please. I really want to see a bu game in person this season, please. You'll
0: have to keep me updated on that whole situation.
1: Yes, I have been checking my email constantly. (laughs) But yes, the whole situation with BU, the amount of delays and pauses they have had has been very frustrating. Um, And this is just another thing on top of, in past episodes, we've talked about BU season and how much particularly the men's team has been struggling to get the season started and going. Yeah, that's, that's pretty much it. I'm hoping that we don't have to, this sounds really weird, but I would love if we didn't have to talk about BU in two weeks when we're recording again. Because I feel like the only time we talk about them is when they, it's something related to COVID.
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: And so, maybe the next time we talk about them, it could. it could be because of some solid hockey, maybe? Yeah. Um, Maybe being in a pool or something, anything besides this. Okay, well, that just made me sad or mad. I'm not quite sure.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, on the topic of delaying stuff, if you want to.
1: Oh, I'll just springboard off that one. You're hitting us with the transitions today. All right. So the NCAA has delayed a final decision on transfer rules. So this proposed new legislation would allow for hockey players to transfer from one school and play immediately without the mandatory one year waiting period. Men's hockey is one of a few NCAA sports that have this one year waiting period. The others would be baseball, men's and women's basketball and football. So this legislation, originally they would have the one year waiting period in these sports to deter student athletes from trans, they want to limit how many student athletes are in the transfer pool, because it can get quite messy, and they don't want players transferring just for the sake of, oh my team had a bad year, I want to play somewhere that's winning, or I got promised something from this coach or this program, Um, it gets a bit into the politics of the NCAA and it can get quite messy. They also at the same time paused new legislation which is actually somewhat old. It's been discussed a lot, but regarding the NCAA's name, image and likeness policies, um, these policies were studied for over a year and So name, image, and likeness policies are the NCAA's rules about athletes benefiting from their name, image, and likeness. So essentially, they stop student athletes from having brand deals, but it also can extend to things like social media um, and making money off of those platforms. It gets quite complicated and it's a highly discussed issue if it would be fair for student athletes to make money off of this, or if that would benefit certain sports over other ones because of popularity, which, so it is quite a touchy subject, but I think a lot of people would like to have this legislation figured out at this point. Um, And a lot of athletes are trying to get the current rules overturned. So at this point, I think I just wanna discuss a bit uh, what are your opinions of the proposed legislation? Both of them, um, if you have any thoughts on it and any anything else that you think about this. Uh,
0: so I knew about the uh, name, image, and likeness policy. I mean, I have a couple friends that play NCAA, like Division three and stuff like that. So that even like affects them too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the one about the transitioning from one year waiting to play immediately. I did not even know that uh, for a transfer, you had to wait one year before you can officially start at the school that you transferred to. I always thought (laughs) this is me being very not knowledgeable on college hockey, but again, I'm talking about it. Um,
1: (laughs) You're an expert. I don't know what you're talking about.
0: Yeah, fake it till you make it, am I right? Um it's going great so far. But yeah, I mean I've always thought you could like when an athlete transfers that they can immediately begin playing for the, the team they transferred to. So I mean, I can't really say
1: much about it because
0: <laughs> you know. Yeah.
1: But I mean, so so as someone who didn't necessarily know about this rule. Going into this discussion, what is your immediate thought? Do you think that men's hockey, men's NCAA hockey should have a one-year waiting period? Or do you think that that's just hindering NCAA hockey? What's your thought?
0: Well, as an act, I mean, like, would the player just not play hockey for a year? Is that what we're saying?
1: They would... So with this rule, you would switch into that program, but you would not be allowed to, I think you could practice. Okay. You would be a practice player, essentially. What this rule reminds me of is, I remember in high school, Minnesota, the high schools had a rule that was very similar to this, which basically was trying to deter um, basically recruiting at the high school level. So if you were a varsity athlete at, This first high school you transfer you have to play jv for a a year before you can be varsity again which it is a bit you do think about okay you have a varsity player on your jv team it's a bit unfair but that is what this rule reminds me of and it does have some of the same um, pros and cons i will say one of my initial thoughts with this is being an athlete myself I think about why, um, an athlete and a student, I think about why these people might want to be transferring, might want to switch schools, and it could be from an athletic or an academic standpoint. Maybe they've decided to switch majors and the school they're at doesn't offer that. Well, if they're hindered by the one-year waiting period, they might, you know, have to rethink that. Or if you're on a team and, you know, there can be very serious situations, you feel, emotionally abused by teammates or coaches. And I do believe there are exceptions to this rule. You can say there were extenuating circumstances, but not everyone's gonna outright say, hey, I'm leaving because I didn't feel safe in this program. So I would say I'm leaning towards against a one-year waiting period, personally.
0: I was gonna say the same thing. I would definitely be against it.
1: So hopefully this legislation can go through soon. As far as the name, image, and likeness, I've always thought that B1 athletes should be able to use their own name, their face, they should be able to have sponsorships, have brand deals. Um, If they're popular on social media, they should be able to use that to their advantage. And I think that even athletes of... Olympic sports, which are less popular at the college level, could benefit from having more control over this. They could still have brand deals and market themselves, and I think the current rules are really limiting and are more strict than I think people realize. Yeah, I think the only other thing I would have to say about both of the led uh, led. Le- both legislation that we talked about is if anyone else has an opinion on it, a reason that you might think something else besides you might be pro one year waiting period or against giving athletes control of their name, image, image, and likeness. I would love to hear your opinion on it. So, as always, you can reach out to either of us on our personal accounts or our joined podcast account on Twitter. And I would love to hear anyone's thoughts on these issues but that's all I've got.
0: Okay, so moving on. uh, Central scouting. I'm going to pull up this hefty PDF.
1: Is it even a PDF? I don't really know. Uh, Yes. Uh, Like it's six pages. It shouldn't be this scary.
0: (laughs) (laughs) The NHL Central scouting um, released a 2021-21 um, preliminary players to watch list. We are not going to go through all six pages. Instead, you're going to highlight some 36 potential first round picks, nine of which are NCAA athletes and five from, oh, University, University of Michigan.
1: So, this upcoming draft, it looks like it'll be pretty stacked for Michigan at the top end of the draft. This document from the NHL Central Scouting, if you've never looked at one before, you might not understand exactly what we are talking about by saying that it is overwhelming, but essentially what they do is they give A, B, and C ratings to players. So A would be a typically a first-round candidate, B would be second, third, C would be fourth, fifth, sixth, and then they also have LV, which is limited viewing. So say a player was injured, they didn't have enough um, scouting material on them to give them one of those other three ratings, and then they just alphabetically list the players um, sectioned by their rating. So at the top of the doc, it's all the A ratings, all those first round picks, potentially, just alphabetized. I will say for our advantage, they do prominently display what college they go to or will go to. So it does make it a little bit easier to talk about some of these players. You still look a little overwhelmed over there.
0: I am extremely overwhelmed. So in the group A uh, list, there's nine. We've already established this, nine. really tired uh (laughs) nine players that are on track to go play college hockey
1: one of them or are currently playing yeah one of which so BU let's go yes good thing from BU we might as well start here because this is we both go here so this is the player we're probably going to be the most excited about we have Roman Schmidt who is in the NTDP, plays USA U18, um, and he is supposed to be playing for BU next season, assuming he goes and plays NCAA, which is most likely for most players that get drafted if they have committed to a team. Most don't go directly to the NHL. So that's obviously exciting to see. That'll be something that we will be following as the draft gets closer Um, This document is, it's a little old. It's from October 27th, 2020, but I thought it was still an interesting thing to look at. And as Car mentioned, there are plenty of players from the Michigan team or who are going to be on the Michigan team. So that includes several players, Matthew Meniers, Luke Hughes, Kent Johnson. Let's see who else here. Owen Power. Um, who we determined is one of the tallest in this document. <laughs> we had a fun time before we started recording. And then we also have, with an A-ranking, Mackie Samoskevich. That, that's a fun one. Um, who is currently playing in the USHL for Chicago. Um, Card, do you want to talk about the non-Michigan players?
0: Yeah, I'd like to specifically highlight uh, Wisconsin entering their season, potentially, for 2022. I will have graduated from BU. That is very concerning. I just, I don't like that. Uh, Carson, oh goodness. I feel like it's Coleman's. I was going to go with Quelmans, but Coleman's could make sense. Kelman's? Orson Coleman's. Okay. I don't know. Uh, he is currently in the AJHL playing for Brooks. I couldn't tell you what team that
1: is. No. Um,
0: yeah, but he's got a pretty normal height at around 6'1.5",
1: so that's good. Um <laughs> Um, (laughs) yes that is the other thing we noticed about this document they they really give them everyone's height is 0.25 0.5 or 0.75 and i just think that's hilarious
0: next up uh we got minnesota or going to minnesota sorry and entering 2021 i will thankfully wait that's
1: next this year that would be next season so they're entering 2021 like this fall yeah yes so you will still be in college don't fear oh, goodness.
0: um <laughs> is Chaz lucius
1: that's a fun name that's i love that for him
0: I, I, the last name i only think of lucius is it lucius malfoy yes am i right okay Yes. from harry potter i'm just you know yes wondered uh <laughs> he's currently playing in the ntdp for usa u18 team awesome next up oh, is that is that north 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 dakota
1: oh wow i was way off north Dakota. yeah if it's ndu it's north dakota if it's nd it's notre dame it doesn't make any sense yeah.
0: Also, for 2021 is General, please, Sasha uh, (laughs) Kastuyov. Okay, I believe it. Because sometimes in some languages, the J is a Y. So I think so. Okay, well, that sounds right. Anyways, playing for, oh, also the NTDP on the same team as Chaz. Wow, teammates, look at them. Yeah.
1: uh <laughs> it seems like a lot of the college players especially the ones who come here to be you are from the oh my goodness usa development
0: wait i see one of i see, i see someone i personally know on this list you do i do top everything <laughs> um tyler boucher yeah i can't oh would yes. you
1: look at that
0: Sorry about that. Um, my cousin, Sean Mears, played hockey with him. All right. Yeah, and we actually spent a couple days over the past... Or last, not this past summer, but... Summer, actually, it was this... No, summer before. Um, yeah, we like, hung out. It was weird because like I only talked hockey with him, and it was just very weird. Well? I, did, I didn't get to meet his dad, though. His dad is the... Former Philadelphia Flyers goalie um, that the Bruins had beat in,
1: oh, goodness. (laughs) Dates are not your strong suit today.
0: No, but that's also a side tangent. So I'm actually very excited for Tyler to enter BU.
1: Yeah. I. Wow. Okay. We have a connection on the show. Maybe we could get our first ever interview. Wait.
0: Maybe. Oh, my goodness. I should reach out to him. I'll be like, yo,
1: remember me? He won't. <laughs> you never this know. You never know. But, yes. So, he is he is at the start of the alphabetized B ratings. So, you will probably be in the second and third round. But another BU player. Exciting.
0: Wow. All right. Well, that's enough talking for
1: me today. <laughs> yeah, that... I... Didn't see that personal connection coming, but obviously as more scouting comes out with the upcoming draft, we will be sure to talk about it, specifically relating to the college players, obviously. Um, I think we would have to have a fully separate podcast if we were just talking about draft prospects. And I admire people who work with draft prospects, journalists, it's, oh, it's a whole other world. Most definitely. Um, but these boys, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) they're all like (laughs) children, (laughs) young men, (laughs) all of these words sound not right, but so these future and current college players that we talked about should be drafted in the 2021 NHL draft, which will be held July 23rd and 24th, which is one month later than usual, but with the delayed NHL season, that is to be expected. Um, There's not too much information out about the draft yet, including we don't know the location, but as the draft nears and I guess as the college season ends, I'm sure we will shift over to more draft prospect-focused podcasting for the time before the draft and probably a little bit after. So that's definitely something to look forward to.
0: Yeah, and with that, we're going to conclude today's episode. Uh, thank you for listening. If you made it this far, you're a real one. And yeah, have a good rest of your week. But not the week after.
1: No, just just this week. Unfortunately, with a bi-weekly podcast, we can only wish you one week of
0: And with that, goodbye.